Like they are falling apart. Yeah. And I didn't really take them serious, but I do think they're a fun team. But uh, they need to get it together. Right now, tied up at four, they've blown a 4 nothing lead, a four-run lead on the Detroit Tigers. That game's in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Baltimore, New York, still in a weather delay. Uh, Pittsburgh trails 2-1 to one at home. That game also in a delay, though. The Phillies have the lead, but we're in a rain delay in the seventh inning. Uh, at Los Angeles trails 3-1 to one out in Toronto. That game's in the top of the seventh. So Giolito, in his first start for the Angels, uh, looks like he's probably going to take the loss here, but didn't pitch all that yeah, bad not good. Uh, in, his, in his first start. But, yeah, not great. Also, the Mets up 3-1 to one on the Nats out in New York. The White Sox have a 2 nothing lead on Cleveland. There you go, Kate. Look at that. We do a show together, and your Woo! White Sox are officially back. The Sox you know, are really back, quick, baby. Uh, you know, really quick on that, I feel so bad for mm-hmm. you guys because I didn't know you were a Sox fan, and obviously I'm a Cub fan, so, you know, there's that rivalry. And all my Sox yep, friends yep. and family members were talking so much nonsense for about three to four months going into the season. And this is like the dynasty that just never happened. All that talent. Like, I was thinking about this. I was so pissed off every single time that I would turn on the Sox and I would watch Eloy. And I was like, man, Cubs should have never given him up. The more I think about it, I think the Cubs actually won that trade. And the Cubs won a World Series in yeah. 2016. I just can't believe um, how much this team has underperformed. And, like, this season, nobody had expectations for the Sox. But last year, I mean, I know Tony La Russa was a dinosaur, but they should not have been that bad. I, I can't believe no. that they're going to have to move a lot of these. Like, do you think that they moved Dylan Cease at the deadline? I That would not shock me at all. And honestly, like, I love Dylan Cease, our best pitcher. But at this point, like, nothing's working for the Sox offensively defensively it's just not happening and you're right on paper like our lineup should be really really good Eloy should be hitting homers every other night I I mean um Luis Roberts they we have a ton of like really good power hitters just no one wants to perform and everyone's hurt all the time no Eloy can't stay healthy he plays like three games and pulls his hamstring it's awful. Yeah, and nobody like nobody wants to be there. I mean, we know Tim Anderson no. doesn't want to be there because we caught him on camera saying, I effing hate it here. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so it's been a mess. Hasn't hit a home run Colorado. all season. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, he hasn't hit one all season. It's crazy. And, unfortunately, crazy. he's killing my fantasy baseball team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been bad. You know, you know, you know what's good news, though? Uh, it's almost college football season. We could both forget about our baseball great, teams. One, you know, one fan base that's probably going to want to forget about their team at least this season. I don't think Colorado is going to be very good. In fact, when their win totals dropped, there was an offshore market that posted a five. And I didn't get to it quick enough, but I did play them under four and a half wins. Now their win total sits at three and a half wins. Deion Sanders, year one, obviously the big story. Uh, He comes in and he pretty much tells everybody to pack their bags. It's all a bunch of transfers. So you have no clue what this team's going to be this season. And even though the Pac-12 is going to hell, like USC's leaving, it's not going to be around very much longer. Uh, I like it a lot this year, especially like the quarterbacks in the Pac-12. You have Caleb Williams, who's going to be the number one overall pick. You have Bo Nix coming off his best season. You have Michael Penix. You have three or four guys that could legitimately win a Heisman in that conference. I just I can't see Colorado getting to four wins. Now the big news, though, uh, they're going to leave the Pac-12. They're going to join the Big 12, which no big surprise. 
what what are your thoughts on that program? Like, are you a believer in what Dion brings year one or wait and see? Or are you like, no, I'm going to fade them every week. I'm kind of a wait and see right now. Last, last season, it was fade them every week. They were awful last season and they were awful against the spread. Like you just take whatever team they're playing uh, on the spread and, and you win that every week. One of the worst covering teams all season. And I know now Dion's there, completely new coaching staff, completely new roster, but it's hard to imagine that he's going to be able to turn this team around to where they're winning five, six games. Like Offshore, if you were able to get five, take the under on five, like that seems like free money right there. I could maybe yeah. see them getting to four, but even looking through their schedule, like at TCU for their first game of the season, okay, you're on the road. TCU is not going to be great this year, but first game with this new roster, new staff, everything, I don't think that's a win. Nebraska, who knows what Matt Rule's going to bring this year. He should be able to turn things around, but again, early in this season, Colorado State, maybe you win that one. And then it's just kind of, you get into Pac-12 play, and it gets tough outside of Arizona State and Arizona, Washington State, yeah. Utah, Oregon State, UCLA. Like, there just aren't many opportunities for them to win, even if this wasn't the first season with Dion there. But, yeah, now jumping over to the Big 12 next year, it's just, like, these conference, it just doesn't seem like college football to me. I When I think of college football in the Pac-12, like, those are the teams I think of. The, the Big 12 having BYU and Cincinnati in it this year – it's going to take a little while for me to get used to those teams in these new conferences. And I know that's how college football goes every X amount of years. Teams transfer to different conferences and things move around. We just haven't had that happen too much as of late. So it just seems funny to me. I hate it. I hate it. And I'm a huge college football guy, but I, uh, and I hate to be like, you know, like old man yelling at the clouds here, but I don't like change, especially with my college football. <laughs> and I feel like where we're heading is it's going to be two power conferences, right? It's going to yeah. be like the Big Ten and the SEC. It's going to be kind of like in the NFL where you have the AFC and the NFC, and that's the direction we're heading. But like, for example, like there's going to be, I hate change though. If, I'm a Notre Dame fan, um, which I get made fun of for, obviously. But yeah. my favorite rivalry was obviously Michigan. And the final time it was going to happen, at least the final time we thought it was going to happen, uh, my wife actually went into labor. And so she's like, we got to go. No, and I no. looked at her and I said, you realize this is the final time these two teams are going to play. This was my favorite rivalry growing up. But I went to the hospital. I watched the game on my phone. <laughs> but like, I, like rivalries are going to be affected. Pac-12 after mm -hmm. dark is going to be affected here, uh, you know, soon. So I don't like change. Um, but at the same time, I don't really care a whole lot about Colorado, at least yet. In the Big 12, Big 12 is going to be really interesting, though, because, you know, Texas, obviously, uh, Oklahoma going to leave. And I think the team that's actually best set up for success, not this season, year one, although I do kind of like them to go over their win total, but I think Central Florida is the team that's set up the best in the Big 12 when you think about it, because they're going to recruit the Florida pipeline, which is always super talented. Also, NIL money. Kids want to get paid, and nobody wants to give any of that money back. You don't have to pay the taxes in Florida. And, you know, uh, they're building a pretty good program there at Central Florida. They're competitive every single season. So I think that's the team to look out for in the Big 12. Deion will probably turn Colorado around, but I think it's going to take some time. I mean, all those new transfers come in. They're 5-21 and in their last 26 games. They were 1-11 and last season. You know, there is some familiarity with the quarterback because he comes over from Jackson State. 
but it's just it's hard to have an idea if they're going to be any good this yeah. season. They've had one of the worst Colorado. offenses in the country. Yeah. They have three returning starters this season. That's like, yeah. you just can't have success right off the bat with three returning starters. Even if you do have uh, Deion Sun at quarterback and Travis Hunter from Jackson State too. So those two, that duo kind of has a connection. But outside of that, it's a massive transfer portal class. That's all it is. And that's hard to gel early on in the season. So it's going to take a while for them to get going. And by the time they do get going, they're into Pac-12 play which is going to be a really good, tough conference this season with all those quarterbacks that you just named. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we brought up the quarterbacks, the offenses you're going to see in the Pac-12. And I know Dion's mm-hmm. obviously a defensive-minded head coach, seeing as he's a former defensive back, one of the greatest of all time. But I talked about how bad that offense was. The defense was actually worse. Like, look at the numbers. They gave up 44.5 points per game. Like, that's terrible. I know you do bring in a new defensive coordinator, uh, Charles Kelly. I do like all the hires Dion made. He's bringing in a bunch of smart football people, and I like a lot of the transfers. They have uh, Travis Hunter comes over from Jackson State that he coached there. Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn Jr., which he was at Central. I'm sorry, South Florida last season. Um, the running backs are pretty good. They get smoke from Kentucky. So we'll see. I think three wins though is probably their ceiling year one for Dion, just because. There are so many teams that I like in the Pac-12. I've had a lot of unders, though. Like, you brought up Arizona and Arizona State. I went under on Arizona at five and a half. That was plus 145 a couple weeks ago still. Like, they bring back eight starters from an offense that averaged over 30 points per game. But defensively, they haven't finished in the top half of the Pac-12 since the year uh, 2010. And their schedule's brutal. The games that they're favored in Arizona this season are all road games. Like, you look at their non-con schedule. Week two, they get Mississippi State. We saw that game last year. They lost 39-17. to 17. The, Off their bye week, they get Oregon State, who I love this season. UCLA, yes. who I also like this season. Colorado, that's probably a win. Utah and Arizona State. So I couldn't get them past five. So went under on them, and I went under on Arizona State. So the people in Arizona probably have to hate me. Is your, uh, is your guy Drew Payne from Notre Dame? Starting for Arizona State this year? So Have they named a starter? That, that's the, it looks like it's going to be him. And I think he's obviously terrible. Um, <laughs> and, like, and I love I love Kenny Dillingham. I think that they knocked it out of the park with that hire. I think he's a really good head coach. But uh, I think it's going to take him a year. I don't like Pine. They lose their top running back. Uh, on defense, only five starters are back. They do have a really good secondary, probably the best secondary in the Pac-12, which is helpful when you're going to see all these great quarterbacks. But schedule's brutal, especially on the back end. I think it's going to be a rebuild year for Arizona and Arizona State. And, yeah, can't do it with Pine. He's he's no good. He's no good. That's, that's why I'm so excited about Sam Hartman at Notre Dame this season. Best starting quarterback we've had since freshman year, sophomore year of Brady Quinn. Never, never have good quarterback play. Like Ian Book won That's games. He beat Clemson. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't a good quarterback. No. Who do you like in the Pac twelve? Like, because I hear people giving love to Oregon. What scares me and like nobody's talking about? Kenny Dillingham. Bo Nix had the best mm-hmm. season of his college career, but he did it with Kenny Dillingham calling the plays. And obviously they're familiar with each other because Dillingham actually recruited uh he recruited Bo Nix when he went to Auburn. He spent time with him at Auburn. So that's why he went over to Oregon. So you know, Washington, I think they're going to be really tough. One of the better offenses in the country. I love Kalen DeBoer, the head coach. USC is going to be really good, but the back end of their schedule is brutal too. 
Who would you pick in yeah. uh, Pac-12 to win it this year if you had to make a bet? You know, you mentioned Oregon State, and I really like yeah. them. DJ Uyungle, quarterback for them this year after transferring from Clemson. He had a rough go at Clemson. That just wasn't the spot, wasn't a fit for him. New setting now, fresh start. I think he can be really, really good. And you pair him with Damian Martinez, who pretty much led Oregon State's offense last year. He's their running back. So, I mean, he just kind of took over. But now you have a quarterback that can pass, too. So that opens everything up and gives you so many options if you want to use the run game, if you want to use more of the pass game. Their defense was the best in the Pac-12 last year. They did lose quite a bit of talent uh, on that defensive line. But if they can, the the players that, the role players last year, um, for that defense or the backups. Now they're stepping into a starting role. If they can actually continue on with how that defense looked last year, I think Oregon State could be very dangerous. And you're getting pretty good value on them too because teams like UCLA with um, um, blanking on his name, the Heisman winner, Cam. Oh, Ka- Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Caleb yeah. Williams. I mean, he's back. No, you I, bring in Bear Alexander, defensive line from Georgia. Up Lucas, uh, Anthony Lucas, rather Texas A&M. So all of a sudden, the issue for USC last year was how terrible their defense was. I mean, they couldn't stop anyone. But you're bolstering that defensive line a little bit. So I think USC is going to be really good again. But talk about some value. I like Oregon State. I think that's a great pick. Same, same, and it all comes down to coaching too. And I love Jonathan Smith. So. I did play over on their win total. And then I was looking at UCLA as well to win the Pac-12. Like, everybody's going to talk about who they lost. They lose DTR, Mm -hmm. but they replace him with Dante Moore. We think he's going to be the week one starter. He's a five-star true freshman. We didn't get to see him in the spring, unfortunately. Uh, You know, you lose Zach Charbonnet, but they replace him with Carson Steele. At wide receiver, you know, you lose your top three pass catchers, but you have three really good transfers. Kyle Ford, Michael Sturdivant. I kind of like UCLA, and this is the best defense Chip Kelly's had there. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. It's BetMGM Tonight. Ryan Horvath, Kate Constable with you here on Friday night.